Hello, welcome back to another Azure centric podcast on our Azure weekly updates. Uh, my name is Marcos Nogueira, and with me I have this beautiful face, this beautiful fella, Ton, and everything else calls Angelos. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm oh, very good. You're just you. delighting yourself. I just realized I did not have the uh, <laughs> light turned on. I was fooled by the sunshine being out still. So, <laughs> okay. you look like ton. It's like it's like you look good, my friend. Uh, I have been spending a little bit of time in the sun. So, okay. uh, <laughs> well, with the sun out until like ten thirty at night, that really helps. So. Yes, yes, yes. True, true, completely true. But yeah, it's been a kind of a, like you say, easygoing week um this this week it's not one of the most busiest in azure uh we have to say right uh there is a little bit of there is a very exciting update that we will cover in a few moments um with some new stuff that is available and uh the growing of azure uh mm -hmm. the updating of azure but i think it's more like um a very generic one very uh no, there is not um a topic that we per se i think we will cover the majority of the of azure this week uh which is not bad um but uh yeah it's been it's been in preparation for um i think for next week or the, uh, the coming weeks for the summer that everyone is doing so azure doesn't stop we don't stop doesn't matter so you guys, <laughs> just for you to know, we probably will change a little bit of scenery, uh, at least on the background, uh, because uh, it's coming the vacations. We will not yeah. stop the podcast, but we will come with a different background, right? Absolutely. Uh, I think as things open up, uh, I think we'll both be a little bit more mobile. <laughs> and you never know, we might actually be able to maybe do an in-person podcast together. We and... never know. We never know. And, <laughs> and yeah, we can, we can basically, and now this is a very geek joke, we can basically kind of disaster recover to another location or Ooh. be able to, to fail over to another location. <laughs> that's right. I like that one actually. See that that's all about business continuity. Exactly, exactly. It's like <laughs> it's like a deployment of 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 the cloud we can be deployed on anyone else like on the beach, for example, on the mountains, whatever what? it is. We don't need to be inside all the time. Uh, and that's that's, that's the part that I want to say. But I before we going to the updates, I want to thank you to all of all of you that support the channel that support the community. Um, please continue to subscribe the channel, continue going uh, of smashing that like button um, and continuing um, spreading the love with your awesome comments um, and some of the nice emails that I received lately. And apparently uh, my good friend, uh, it's natural, but my good friend, Andrew, Last week was the top of the notch of the podcast. Uh, a lot of good comments <laughs> regarding uh, him. And I'm really glad because he deserves all the things that the world can give us in a good way, of course. 
very flattering. And uh, yes, uh, everybody out there listening and watching, thank you so much. Uh, you alone, each and every one of you are the reason that we do this. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, today we are we are recording a little bit early because it's almost summertime. It's going to be gorgeous outside. So this podcast, uh, I think, is going to be uh, very streamlined and because we don't have much to cover to be very honest usually when this happen we we have the tendency to go a little bit more deeper but it is what it is i think it's time for us to roll and starting our podcast what do you think andrew i think that we're live and unscripted every time so absolutely <laughs> let's uh, let's move right ahead okay So welcome back and let's start by jumping to the first update. The first update is the Azure Monitor Agent and Data Collection Rules now in generally available. So this is pretty good, uh, I have to say, because now the a AMA, the Azure Monitor Agent, okay, it comes together with the data collection rules to improve even more, okay, the data collection and includes those granular and flexible configuration that you have, for example, for a single VM, single workspace, um, to report that back to Log Analytics. Either multi-home, because this is about, this, it's the evolution of the old SCOM agent, remember that? Um, I think it's the same name, but that's okay. Uh, that is a little detail apart. But... It's the same name <laughs> agent still, just so you're... <laughs> I was working with it earlier this week with a client. And, yeah. uh, every, it seems like every week we have a we have a conversation about this somehow. Um, I think it's because of all the Sentinel work with the, yes. with the log collection, but um, it's, it's really interesting, right? Yeah. Because it's been, a, it's been a solid agent for such a long time and they just keep adding features to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not only that, it, it, and we mentioned this last last episode about the, the, the way that you can now on the agent, right, on the server to select those uh, rules, right, to send it off uh, mm -hmm. to, the, to the server. So we don't need to do that at the back end, in this case at Log Analytics, to see what we want to, to configure. Now we can configure this on agent and now the agent and the data collection rule becomes available um, probably a week later. I have to double check, uh, but... Uh, well, that's usually about a week. Uh, yeah, a week or two weeks. Yeah, I think it was that. Uh, so it's, I, No, I it was for the syslog, sorry. I, I was, I was, I was um, making it confusing. It was the syslog events collection for um, the Azure Monitor Agent uh, on oh, Linux right. distros. Yeah, uh, and, that, right. and that was and that was the, 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 the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do remember that. Yeah. And I, I do like with this update that uh, they've also thought about the security and compliance. Absolutely. So they're really making sure that that HTTPS wrapper 
is uh, using, uh, for example, like TLS 1.2, and that it uses the current security standards, and that's going to be inherited from your uh, subscription and your tenant. So uh, there's very little that we have to do kind of going forward to maintain that kind of security. So it just becomes uh, an inherited product of the uh, tenant. Really good stuff. And the one thing that really did surprise me uh, with this update is that it's available in all public regions where Azure Monitor is supported. So right out of the gate, it's uh, available worldwide as long as Azure Monitor is in your region. Yeah. Uh, you have all of these uh, new new releases. Absolutely. Uh, although there are some uh, Azure Monitor metrics as a destination that it's not in GA. Uh, they are still continuing in preview. Okay. We, uh, we have to say because not all of those rules uh, in this case, they are available. Uh, in all of the destinations, okay? Uh, Absolutely. But, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool that Azure Monitor now becomes, uh, becomes with, in this case, the DCR, the data collection rules, and now it becomes way more, um, way more compact and way more fin like a, like a one big uh, agent that you can have those rules to collect. Uh, at the source, and then makes all the stream, makes all the data that you are importing and the data that you need to um, uh, work with way more streamlined, and uh, which is better for you at the end, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that uh, just the, the fact alone that it comes with the new rules is really great. Absolutely. Moving to the the one that we were, we are both excited. It's a new region, and we are mm -hmm. always kind of celebrating these at the show, uh, at this podcast. Is new regions of Azure because they are growing. So our friends on the east, they already were announced. In this case, that they are already have the East US three, and now mm -hmm. our friends in the West, that where we are, right? We have Absolutely. a new data center. Um, that is or not a new data center, a new region. I have to mm -hmm. I have to correct myself. That is the West US three, okay. That is includes already the Azure availability zones. So means that you have more than one zone, more than one data center, and uh, offers the portability of the Azure Resource Manager. Although this data center is special, right? It is. So this one launched in, uh, this region is in uh, Arizona. Yeah. And there's something that's very important to us uh, and also to Microsoft, of course, because it's definitely one of their goals. So this region has launched 100% sustainably uh, from day one. day one. And that is absolutely amazing. Oh, uh, really definitely worth uh, congratulations to all of the very hardworking folks that made that happen. Uh, it's not a small undertaking. And uh, I think maybe a little bit strategic if we, if we use some critical thinking here, launching this in Arizona, because there's so much sun and uh, in uh, different kind of, not necessarily desert, but very arid areas, uh, solar power can be a real uh, actual usable option, right? 
Yes. And um, I don't know all of the, the things uh, about what they've done to make this uh, region sustainable, but I think that it's absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a very lofty goal. It's hard to do. And here they've achieved it with another region already. Yes. So it's, it's, and, and we're starting to see a lot of this because this is one of the things that Microsoft announced that all of the regions by, I don't remember what was the timeline. To, I think 2025. Uh, 2025 20, or 2030, something like 2030, that. 2030, something like that. Uh, yeah. It was something like that around those, those timelines that all, uh, in this case, Microsoft operations will be uh, carbon neutral and will be even um carbon um what's the name all carbon, sustainable right no, like carbon uh, uh negative car yeah like carbon uh carbon negative so they'll actually contribute, contribute more, more than what they consume so, yes it's something like that i think it's, it's something like that 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 we 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 saw it that they had, and this this a very good example of that so a lot of a lot of good things to happen for us on the on the west region uh, or on the west coast, let's call it this way, it's awesome because now we have three data centers, one in Washington, one in California, and now one in um, one in California, and now one in um, Arizona, right? Uh, that we can use for that. We should have one in West Canada. Oh, I it's it's been in my dreams. <laughs> yes, and uh, that would be amazing. I know uh, going down to Seattle and Washington for U.S. West is very common for Western Canada businesses, um, and it would be really really cool if we had a kind of Canada West or something like that. I know we have Central and East, so they've left the door open a little bit. Yeah. Um, just saying, the prairies, pretty amazing place. Lots of sun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because if we're going to, to our friends in BC, uh, they have <laughs> a problem with water. Solar. They have a lot of water there. And it's it's the prime. Uh, it's, it's a prime real estate. So come to Alberta. In this case, we love you guys. Just a suggestion. We are not pressured anything. Uh, our millions Absolutely. of fans... It's not that pressure, but come to come to the prairies, come to the Alberta prairies. Uh, I'm sure that uh, we will all uh, appreciate that. Like oh, having absolutely. having a data center close here, uh, I will definitely, I will definitely put uh, uh, express route so I can have like the maximum of latency. Like before, thinking is already Azure processing. Uh, it should be awesome, I have to say. Right, yeah, and that, that is a real challenge that businesses have in Western Canada it is, is uh, low latency, even with express route. Yes, so. and it, because if you think correctly this, making, I know that, that Vancouver is way bigger than, for example, in Calgary, right, regarding West Canada, um, but it makes totally sense going more, for me it makes way more sense coming to close to the prairies uh, for a lot of reasons. We have way more sun than them because they usually they are way more overcast. 
They're quite example. overcast and rainy and yeah. kind of at least the southern BC and coastal BC. Yeah. yeah. And and they have a lot of water that they need to 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 so the land over there it's not as vast as we have over here, right? Mm. They yeah, are, real estate's quite pricey. In the real estate's in, quite pricey. In the city areas, at least I know. Yeah. And it's not only that, is is Vancouver, it's like 150 kilometers from Seattle. So they already have at the center there. Yeah, um, absolutely. They could reach uh, more more businesses. They could bring uh, business uh, Azure to uh, small and medium businesses more accessibly in Western Canada. Yeah. Uh, and it would be, uh, you know, not a huge challenge. Um, as you know, you and I both have a little uh, sustainable uh, energy adventure in our personal lives. <laughs> Absolutely. And, <laughs> and uh, certainly, um, you know, it's it's a bit of work to get those things up and running, which is why I say it's, you know, huge kudos for launching um, the region uh, US West 3. That's pretty awesome. Um, but I think Alberta and Saskatchewan, very good candidates for Canada West. Uh, hopefully, somebody is listening, consider it, put it in, Brand it as your own idea. We're cool with that. Just build the data centers. <laughs> exactly. We don't want any type of, of a swag like a mug with the new logo. We'll be I highly appreciating. There was nothing in the mailbox. But yes, week, so. I have to double check my mailbox today, but I don't have nothing yet. But yeah, that's okay. Let's move on because we already deviate this too much. <laughs> <laughs> as usual, uh, that's, that, that's, that's how this podcast goes. It's Another true. virtual machine series, okay, mm -hmm. now available in Australia. The DCS V2, it's now available in Australia. What an awesome thing, because now the confidential computing arrived, in this case, for the DCS V2. It's a mouthful. It's now in Australia East. Australia Southeast will be launching very soon, okay? Uh, to provide disaster recovery capabilities. So again, talking about a little bit of the specs, we're talking about the new, in this case, processor, Intel processor, the Coffee Lake, Coffee, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Coffee Absolutely. and Lake uh, uh, together. So oh, I like the way this is sounding. Yes, Coffee on the Lake, probably. No, uh, okay. Let's not, let's not, not going on that direction. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're so sorry, everybody. Oh, yes, it's yes. too much sunshine. This this happens if you've been with us for a while. If you're new, if you do, get used to it. Uh, that's just how we go. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And if you don't like it, just just, just tell us. Oh, you guys yeah, are know. are too funny. Absolutely. We want a little, little bit more serious. That's okay. No worries. No worries about it. But uh, all of this. It's very good news for our our mates in Australia. Yeah, it really is. Um, so confidential computing's been um, rolling out. Uh, it kind of started as a bit of a vertical, and I have to say, I have actually heard uh, some different customers uh, here and there starting to talk about it and wondering, hey, how can we take advantage of these confidential computing workloads? So we have privacy and security a little bit more guaranteed. Yeah. And businesses really like to hear those kinds of things, right? So I think that this is going to be um, 
a little bit more of a horizontal product as time goes on and less of just a vertical for uh, like finance and healthcare and science industries, right? Yeah. I think it's really going to help a lot of organizations and businesses to uh, be able to grow their capabilities. And one of the things that, of course, public cloud excels at is things like in uh, times of COVID where research just explodes and needs huge amounts of compute and uh, memory resources to calculate everything. Um, you know, all the medical research and the analysis of that. Um, public cloud, Azure cloud is 100% spot on for this. And confidential computing, I feel like they, they may really um, take a huge chunk of the market uh, for a lot of those, uh, a lot of those needs. Yeah, really awesome stuff. Absolutely, and 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 on this um, on this post, right? They mentioned one thing that, um, funny enough, I starting to work on this week. That is deploying AKS for confidential containers. So it's mm -hmm. not only the computing, of course, that is confidential. Now you can erase that to support on the AKS for the confidential containers. So you are leveraging because of the confidential computing that now you have the integrity of your data and your code uh, while you're running on, on and being processed on a public cloud by these, in this case, these types of virtual machines. But now you, because this is a virtual machine and you can deploy containers, right, on the virtual machine, now you are extrapolating that uh, confidential computing uh, to the containers and now you have confidential containers so it means that your application right doesn't you don't need to change too much your application if you already been deploying that on a container side right or, or, or containerize your application now you can leverage all of that potential of the containers right to have what's called out uh, the confidential containers and that's a very interesting way that we can put it. i i I think this will, like you mentioned, regarding uh, uh, development and regarding research, will make all of those, um, like the least, res no, oh no, the, the high resistors of going to the cloud, like for example, the public, not the public, the healthcare, financial, and all of those type of verticals to mm -hmm. easily moving to the cloud because of this. Because yeah, there's less resistance. It's yes. more accessible. They have less change that they have to do to get there. It's not the problem. I don't think it's the problem of resist. Uh, the, the resistance is not the problem with the change and getting there. It's a problem of compliance. Yeah, well, I, that that's part of it, right? So when I think about re, uh, resistance factors, compliance is a huge contributor, yes. uh, at least in my mind, in that category, because without it. Uh, those organizations can't do something else, right? It has to be compliant with all of their rules. Exactly. And and it's like the secrecy that they they have. If you are researching, for example, the new uh, pharmaceutical, for example, uh, whatever it is, kind of uh, uh, formula, or are you uh, researching anything on that? The secrecy of those it's it's a, it's a lot of intellectual property that you are developing right and you need in this case something to protect it, encryption in this case it's not only um, available for that it will not only do that job 
you need this confidential computing because it's where the processing of all of the data is. So you are securing your environment way more than just by uh, encryption the data at rest or in transit, right? And that's the part that I think it's, it's fundamental for those verticals uh, that they're always complaining and always saying, oh, yes, yes, uh, when you have this, it's going to be okay and, and, and all of that. So now they have less reasons to not using the public cloud to help them lower the costs, facilitate the, the, the deployment of all of those uh, applications and all of those research, right? And makes all of this easier uh, to use. And we as the consumers will get the benefit because now we get faster, more uh, faster products on the markets, right? And we have more secure way to just dealing with all of that data, right? That's the part that excites me the most with, with all of that uh, information, right? Right? Absolutely, absolutely. Moving to the next one, public preview on alert-based smart detection for application insight. Uh, this is again, going back to what we talked about last episode on the alert-based smart detection on application insight that there was on public preview. And this becomes, again, uh, but uh, with a small difference, right? So Absolutely. This one is uh, the smart detection on Azure Application Monitor is automatically warns on your failures for your web application, okay? The, the What we talked about last week, it was the... Um, I think it's the same. They made a mistake on this. Uh, it seems the same to me. Uh, it might have moved from private preview to public preview because uh, it is the second bar in the preview status before it goes GA, right? Yes, um, absolutely. You so are right. I can't trust my memory, but uh, yeah. let's just take a guess. So this isn't necessarily new. What's new about it is that it is in public preview and that you can test it out. And one of the things uh, kind of near the bottom of this little update, I think that's a bit of uh, you know, something to think about, is that users who choose not to migrate to the preview version of alert-based alert smart detection can still continue to use smart detection classic as you do today. In the preview period, the new application's insights resources will be created with smart migration and need to be explicitly migrated to alert space smart detection if that is desired in the future. So you don't have to do this today, but after it's released, there will be a specific migration path to move from the classic Absolutely. to the modern modern features. And that's and that's actually quite common. Um, but I do like how they're kind of calling it out and saying, hey, just so you're aware, if you don't do this as part of uh, the new process you're going to have to have a different process to upgrade on the classic side. Okay. No, exactly like, like that. And application insight is one of the, one of the, the things that I like about the most 
uh, not only application insight, the insights part of it. You have insights for VMs, you have insights for application, you have insights for a lot of those. And mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting because this morning I was delivering a, a workshop, a security workshop, for example, and I was um, exploring to say that uh, these insights, it will help you uh, in this case to see what is connecting, what type of connections you have. And, and I just, I remember, I just picked, for example, um, a totally random DC and we discovered that someone Anothetic was trying to connect the DC <laughs> online. <laughs> and then it was saying that, wow, this is really interesting. I say, oops, probably I poked something wrong. <laughs> and I discovered I that's something it's, that I shouldn't. <laughs> isn't it interesting though? Uh, it never ceases to amaze me. Every, every new security workshop, every new like security assessment client that uh, we both go into, there always seems to be something that even a, a well-equipped and really uh, dedicated and hardworking security team, we find something new yeah. every time. Absolutely. Every time. I just think I, I know, uh, no, I don't get a residual for it. I wish, but uh, I really think that the, the Microsoft security tool sets um, that we get to deliver, uh, especially in those workshops are very helpful uh, for our customers. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of insights. It's not restricted to just application, right? Um, I wish they would kind of rename that a little bit because um, there's so much more to it than just app insights, right? Absolutely, 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 and 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 that's the part that is really interesting um, on the on all of those type of things. Um, that is is. It's cool about about all of this, right? It it, it really is. It really is. It really is. It really is. But that's okay. Let's let's move on for the next one. And the next one, it's it's kind of outside of our realm, but at the same time, it's very interesting. And I have to say that I'm going to test this uh, because it's the Azure Data Lake Storage Static website is now general availability. So what does that mean? Azure Data Lake storage is nothing more than a storage account, okay? Uh, so let's let's be honest. This is a storage account that usually is being used to um, or, or for Data Lake to just dump everything there, right? And you dump everything there, and then you have Data Lake that you're going, and it's a kind of it's short version. And it correct me if I'm wrong. It's more like an ETL process that you dump every, everything there on Data Lake, and now you have all of those uh, uh, um, tools that you can connect to Data Lake to just kind of uh, transform the data uh, and and basically uh, spit out on whatever you want mechanism or database that you want to use it, and usually use this. But Data Lake has been a lot of movements parts and a lot of mm. improvements one of them it it makes in this case the storage account that we always know on the version 2 so now we have the azure data lake storage version right um, that is the gen 2 that makes in this case the storage account come to the version 2 that is the version that we're talking about but now what you can do is with files there 
you can create a static website to accessing those. So means that if you want to create a static website from a storage account and using all of the things that a storage account gives you, right? With hot tier, cold tier, all of the replication, whatever it is that you have, you can have a static website and look at this, geo-redundant, okay? Mm -hmm. Using all the services that you want to have with, for example, a traffic manager, uh, for example, with um, a lot of other services that makes all of that available. And when that region is not available, and by default, if you're doing geo-redundant, right, uh, of, your, of your storage, you have six copies. So making that three copies on one region, three copies on the other one. And you can even make uh, these geo-redundant um, read-only. So makes that you have one that updates the main reason, the main region, and the other one, it's read-only. And again, this is for a static website, so you don't expect to have too much change. Now you can have basically uh, a website that is on two different regions. Uh, very easily to maintain, very easily to do it, and fast as hell. Very fast. Yeah, that's right. So it's like, wow, it's just, that's why I want to bring this because um, I want to explore that. Um, I want to try to see what what it can do because a lot of those websites, it's it's so static, right? That the mm -hmm. the... the it's there. We don't need more. Like I see that for a lot of those uh, corporate websites. It's very simple to do. I see a lot of organizations using, for example, CDN as well uh, mm -hmm. to just expand that um, the website that is static and using. And they are making this so easy to do it. Okay. And enable and all of this that I'm talking about. That's the part that excites me the most. Is free. Yeah, and uh, I just want to point out also how hard it is to get your content into Data Lake to use with your static website. You can use CLI. Yeah. Uh, my very close and personal friend, PowerShell module. Mm -hmm. Easy copy. You can use Storage Explorer if you prefer a graphical interface. You can use Azure Pipelines as well, yeah. which is kind of, they tuck it down a little bit. I, I I know it's alphabetical, but I feel like that one might be you know closer to the top. And then uh, Visual Studio Code extension for Data Lake as well. Yeah. So it's really hard. It's very restrictive to, uh, no, it's quite the opposite, <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> I was just thinking, Maybe they can't see my facial expression when they're listening to an audio podcast. No, they can't. They can't. <laughs> but I was expecting that, let's say, when you're going on that, because I know that's easy, because that's the beauty of all of this. Is, is this is. And using the storage account of Data Lake, that's the beauty of it. So like Storage Explorer, it's a tool that you can do it, that you can do a drag and drop. Uh, simple as that. And then synchronize everything and done. Your website is updated. You everything is updated. Done. You can even use like, for example, um, like you mentioned, 
that is the thing that I'm doing, for example, for my websites is the CICD because it's really easy. I use Markdown, for example, for a lot of that. Um, and then basically I just doing the, the Git push, done. Uh, exactly. I don't need to care anything else. It's always been deployed on the same way. It's always been deploying on that. Uh, we have, in this case, all of those um, uh, slots. So I test, I, even if I want to test the slot, I can test it before going to production. Uh, or if you don't, it just swap the slot for you when you finish the, 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 the deployment. Swap the slot and now you have you have everything uh, back to uh, on back to uh, online without even downtime or anyone noticing what you have been doing exactly. at the back end so it, it it's pretty cool that's why i want to bring this this up because that is is awesome to have that type of functionality uh, and especially use a storage account okay i have to say that this already exists on the other uh, public cloud as well. Uh, we does. still have this for a long time, okay? So it's not like this is, oh, this is brand new in Azure that you can have a static website, um, but... No, uh, Azure Static Sites has been around for quite a while, right? But you, you could have a static website from a storage account, right? Mm -hmm. You are not leveraging is the data lake. That exactly. that is the difference. Okay. Yeah, that's the the new twist on the new this, twist right? on this because you could use that with the, with the normal storage account, and that is the the biggest twist on this that that I want to reinforce so everyone to to listen to say, but we have this for a long time. Why these crazy guys are coming with this right now? No, this is for data lake. It's it's a totally different monster regarding the storage and, and regarding how you just handling the information and all of that. So uh, bear in mind with that, okay? Um, but bear in mind with that. Moving to the next one, we have general availability for maintenance control, virtual machine, scale set, OS, image upgrades. Woo. Mm -hmm. I was... That's a mouthful, but that's actually a really good uh, update, right? It is, it is. Because right now, you can automatically upgrade your OS in your virtual machine, okay, uh, without uh, losing uh, or having, uh, in this case, the control functionality and, and ability to do that automatically. So the rollout across regions is, is way more a phase manner that you can safely deploy all of those uh, uh, images, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it's fully integrated with um, all of the native uh, Azure tools. So Azure Monitor and the health integration. And of course, like you say, it's following all of the Microsoft uh, kind of, what do they call them? It's not the safe deployment, uh, or is it? It is. It is, it is safe it, deployment, It is safe right? deployment, yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's a bit of just a guideline or a framework on uh, this is the most likely safest way to do an OS deployment yeah. when we're doing upgrades, especially in scale sets. Yeah. Uh, we just have to be thoughtful and plan it out yeah. um, so that we don't impact uh, production, for example, right? Yeah. So no, absolutely. And just to go a little bit 
um, back on this. For example, virtual machine scale sets, they are nothing more than a virtual machine, as the name says, but usually you don't have access to the OS, okay? And they are exactly the same. So it's a kind of a way, for example, when you deploy uh, Azure Kubernetes service, you are deploying a virtual machine scale set, okay? That's so correct. that is where your Kubernetes is going to land is on the virtual machine scale set. Because if you need another host, if you need to grow your AKS, what are you going to do? Is going to auto scale that virtual machine, okay? So it's going to add more nodes into, in not in this case, container nodes or pods in this case, right? But it will create more pods. It will create more nodes as, as well. So when you upgrading those OS images, right? Um, usually um, you need to do it on a way that is going to be streamlined. It's going to be safe deployment. Usually when we're doing that, you are, in this case, draining all of the pods and all of the nodes that you have on AKS to the other to the other VMs. So you can update that. That's what they call the safe deployment, right? And then when everything is it's back to normal and is verified, now you are moving to the second node. So you drain that node for to the other ones. And now you have the new one, so, so on and so forth. But this is really important to understand because virtual machine scale set is not the same way that you have a virtual machine, okay, on the viability set. It's totally different. Different things different completely, things, yeah. Right? Because yeah. this but involves... Yeah, there is often some confusion it, around that, right? Availability sets, scale sets, yeah. uh, geo-redundancies, things like that. Like, it does get confusing, um, it but... Does. You know, without diving too deep into, um, I love the masterclass. I love when we get, we do get in this conversation. I, I consider uh, when you talk about this to be a bit of a masterclass. Um, <laughs> just being honest, um, because you do have a, a, a very good depth of knowledge uh, when it comes to how to explain this to uh, everybody, right? Uh, because not everybody gets to work with uh, like geo-redundant availability sets and things like that, right? Yes. And um, there can be some complexity to it. And especially when it comes to updating. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, just understand there's a few differences uh, between how things are set up, but scale sets means just that. It allows your VM to scale. Absolutely. And that's and that's the part that is important to, 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 to make sense because... Uh, a lot of a lot of the, the the things that I was that I was mentioning is some of the things that I that I hear that uh, with this when you create a virtual machine scale set first it's not the same way that you create a virtual machine uh, it's not because the virtual machine on the name uh, it will make everything about the same because the virtual machine scale set for example it will come with a load balancer. It will come with uh, sometimes, depending on how we want to 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 uh, implement with application gateway. Uh, on a virtual machine, when you create it, doesn't come with that. Yes, you can add a virtual machine in this case to um, a load balancer, but it's not a scale set, so it's not part of that group of machines 
part of that cluster. It's like more, I usually like to uh, explain this, that virtual machines scale set is a cluster of virtual machines, right? They belong to the same identity of that cluster. So they are belong to a cluster, let's call it this way. And the virtual machine that you are adding, in this case, independently to a load balancer, doesn't belong to a cluster. Just have a load balancer is totally independent. So you can update one virtual machine without any problems from the other one. You will have different experience, but in this case, on the virtual machine scale set, you need to be on the same version. Otherwise, it will crash completely the virtual machine oh. scale set. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it might do something, but it won't be what you want it to yes. do. Yeah, yes. that's for sure. And that's, and then that's okay. You can always call us after. We are available. Okay, me and Andrew. Um, I have to say that uh, we love the free part over here, but that call, it will not be. Uh, we will give you something uh, as, a, as a good uh, citizen's right, uh, advice and all of that. But if you really want us to look at that, it comes with a premium price. Uh, definitely, like especially ultra after discs. you've been warned. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like the ultra discs. Remember? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, the first one's free, folks. That's right. We get you hooked, and then you come back for more support. <laughs> oh my God! This is oh, go down yes. the road so easily. We between two of us. Oh, daylight! Oh, my mortal enemy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's move to to the next one. Uh, yeah, it's a really good one, right? We we did talk about this one um, before we uh, pressed the magic record button uh, because it's a little bit outside our area, but at the same time, it's kind of inside the area because we often talk about uh, SAP HANA yeah. um, and certainly pretty much anything on an Azure VM is sort of uh, a little bit more interesting to us, right? Absolutely. And this is really interesting because... Um, if you are familiar with SAP Anna, right? SAP Anna, it's it's a beast, okay. First of all, uh, because usually it's terabytes, uh, or, or not terabytes, uh, but usually it's a lot of gigabytes of memory that you some have. Some cases. Uh, 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 some cases it's terabytes, yeah. And first of all, doing a, a disaster recovery of that, it's not that simple. Because a lot of those databases, one of specifically, and SQL is, is, is about the same, but especially SAP Anna, you put the most entire database on memory. That's where the performance of SAP Anna is. Of course, that to put the database on memory, you need you need the, the to have the fast in this case uh, disks and all of that, and um, because it's SAP and SAP in this case, you need to be uh, compliant with that, so only a few VMs are certified by SAP uh, and all of that, but be able to now, in production, uh, be able to cross-region the restore of this makes this one of more appealings, appealings areas to deploy SAP ANA and SQL mm -hmm. in the entire world. Exactly. And uh, we did talk about this very update yeah. when it hit preview. 
And we issued a very, very careful warning, like, hey, this is very exciting, but remember, it is preview. Yes. Now, finally, uh, I want to say it's been quite a few weeks, like maybe four weeks or more. Yeah. Um, and now it's general available, yeah. uh, generally available. Oh, my gosh. And it's really exciting because, like you say, this means businesses can have geographic redundancy and restore capabilities now with SAP handle workloads. Uh, super, super critical, especially because when uh, when an organization has already invested into SAP and uh, they have reached the point where they need to have geographic redundancy for their uh, SAP workloads, uh, SAP HANA is really the framework and the database and like the certification process, it's very rigorous. And Microsoft has done an amazing job yeah. of making available different products that can handle that SAP HANA workload. And the geographic uh, redundancy and restore to a different region, that is so huge. That's like the part of a whole business continuity and disaster recovery plan, right? It is, but there is a feature that is hiding over here mm -hmm. uh, that it's it's for me and for this that's why i'm saying this is one of the reasons that it's it's one of the most appetited uh, environments to run sap ana is is azure because when you enable this right when you enable the azure backup cross region restore the crr mm -hmm. and when in this case the data is already on the secondary region it's accessible Okay, it's available for you to uh, for you even to uh, uh, self recovery if you want. Okay, uh, it's accessible on the pair region uh, during plan and unplan, but you can also use this to usually uh, test your environment or test your, for example, without impacting on production testing your disaster recovery, testing your unplanned incidents and makes everything uh, way more efficient. Because imagine this, you are upgrading a, 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 a the SAP or the SAP ANA to a new version and you want to see what is that impact is on your environment, on your production mm -hmm. environment. What a better way to do this if you have this enabled, okay? You have the real data there. You have the real deal there, okay? And you just self-restore this to a location, to a bubble, um, to isolated area, whatever it is, and you produce that test on that environment. Done there, available there, it's there. And now you can have absolutely sure uh, that when you roll out that to the production environment, to the main region, is already been tested on almost the same, if it's not the same, database and all the same conditions, right? So it makes you way more, it's not resilient, but way more prepared for the outcome of this because I've been on some, SAP's upgrades and oh my god when when we press the button and say go we are all shaking in and that's where every single one even if you are not 
religious, you are becoming close to religion because you want to <laughs> praise to God to please not making anything goes wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. And, the, and you know, that really highlights um, a lot of the practices that we should be using around backup and restore, right? So we should be having planned recoveries Absolutely. where we're testing and making sure that the data is accessible. So, you know, you talked about uh, a little bit there with, you know, when we're testing an upgrade, we want to test the new software, how does it impact on the data, all those things. And uh, I think of it, you know, the same way, but also in terms of, uh, I think, I, I think the saying goes that uh, your backup is only as good as your last restore. It is. It's so, the only way is the only way to test the backup. Even exactly. if you have all of those checks, even if you have all of those uh, controls that you are enabling to just check uh, whatever you want to check, the size, uh, whatever it is that you want to check, is the only way to have 100% secure that your backup uh, is done correctly is by restoring it. There is no other Absolutely. way. Yep, and you're you're absolutely right um, because it has to be validated. There has to be test restores, and yeah. ideally, I really love to see when customers have uh, they like pull out like a binder or a OneNote or something, and they say, "Yeah, here you go, Andrew. This is our playbook on if everything goes all upside down, and we have a you know a terrible day." Uh, this is our playbook to get back to business and get everything working again. Yeah. So when it when your plan gets to the point um, with your organization where you have a playbook that you can just execute, now you can actually start to automate that as well, right? So uh, just some food for thought, really, food for thought. It is. It is nothing more than that. Nothing more than that. But with this, unfortunately, we come to the end of our podcast this uh this week so it i know that's a sad moment please don't cry for me argentina uh <laughs> but <laughs> but but he always blames me for the daylight folks but, <laughs> but no no i i don't blame you i blame the daylight <laughs> i'm not blaming it, it it elevates our spirits let's call it this way right right exactly Uh, so we come to the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you very much for everyone that uh, just uh, subscribe our channel. Uh, if you don't and if you are new, um, don't forget to do that. Um, giving some love, uh, either from smashing that like button or putting some comments or sending an email or sending a tweet or sending a, a, a private message depending we, we want to hear from you um that's the thing that we apply uh or that we ask you guys to do it and keep keep coming with all of those good comments um uh all of that that's what we want to hear right andrew um absolutely have a wonderful week uh don't forget to uh deploy in azure uh, not in preview Uh, uh, please, because uh, yeah, it's not correct to do that way. But 
Every, well, not for production. Not for production, exactly. So, so, so use that. Use on on your consense and good sense in this case. So, thank you, Andrew, one more time, and I hope that I can see you next week. Bye. Yes.